Welcome to the Unleashed Podcast. If you're looking for a no BS approach to building a successful business, then this show's for you. I'm your host, Christina Sholin, sharing an unleashed, real straight talk approach to life and business. So buckle up, put on your big girl panties, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Unleashed Podcast. I am your host, Christina Sholand, and I am more excited today than possibly ever because how many times have you heard me drop the name Danielle Delgado, who has been my mentor for just a little over a year, but has also turned into one of my favoritest friends. And I just love her. And I wanted to bring her to everybody who listens, because here's one thing that I want everybody to understand is this podcast would most likely not exist if she hadn't of popped into my life. I know that Unleashed would not be the name of it because when we were in Cabo, she decided that she came up with the oh my gosh, Christina Unleashed. And we were like, bingo, that's it. That's it. So I am here to introduce to you my wonderful, beautiful, favoritist friend, Danelle Delgado. And she is going to share her brilliance with everybody who is listening to us today. I am so, so, so excited. Okay, so everyone who listens to you already already loves you and knows how brilliant you are. But when you just find talent that is not being shared with the world, I'm like, whatever it takes, your voice needs to be heard. Your wisdom needs to be heard. I've learned from you. And it's, it's one of these rare qualities that I don't usually cross the line where it goes client to friend. There's no way you won't be my forever friend. Like... There's no way. It is just fun to do life and business with you. My kids love your kids. My family loves your family. So this is going to be fun. Let's just, let's just help some more people. But seeing you out there unleashing yourself so that it helps others, you know, it's what makes my world go round. So I love it. I'm so excited. I love it too. And I'm so excited that you're going to be sharing with everybody that I've told about I mean, I've, I've mentioned your name through so many of my podcasts and so many things that I'm able, I know that we've talked about this before, but it's like some of the things that go through my mind when you say them, I'm like, oh my God, yes, (laughs) but you are able to put it into words. And I want you to, what I'd like to do today is first of all, I want you to share your story with everybody who's listening because I feel like there's a lot of people who see very successful people and they think that those people just like have always been successful. They've always had money or they've always been, you know, in that top percent. And I want you to share where you came from, where like your situation when you decided I'm not going to stay in this place. So would you do that for us? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because I think all of us watch people's lives and we kind of try to fill in the blanks, right? Of what happened to make them turn out that way. It's so funny. I don't know if any of you listening or you, Christina, watch Shit's Creek. So I haven't like watched TV in like 11 years. I've been and- up before though. 
<laughs> me I pretty much like swimming it and drink it. Um, but um, like I watched and it's about this family who had everything, lost everything and get dumped in this podunk town, Schitt's Creek. And then it's how they learn the hard knocks and how they use being successful in the hard knocks to kind of like try and navigate it. And I was like, God, how amazing it would have been to have been successful first and then tank and like know what I was doing. But I didn't have that luxury. I started in Schitt's Creek. So, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a, it, it was, but it's, it's honestly so fascinating for me to watch just because I feel like it's similar to where I grew up. <laughs> you know, I never really knew anything outside of go to school, get a job, work your way up, do everything you can to impress your family, make them proud of you serve, serve, serve. I was raised in the church and I just tried to always follow the rules. So I think the the turning point for me was when I followed all the rules and life still tanked that I knew something had to be wrong with the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like what's going on in the world right now. Everybody's just wondering and following their own set of rules that they stood by for so long. And they don't realize that sometimes they need to find their own. So my mind was really brought up in the church, which is great. I'm a believer. I leaned on my faith. I still do. But what happened was, is I followed all the rules. I went to school. I got a job. I got married. I had kids. I had a little bit of a hard time having kids. So I had one. I had twins right afterwards. They're 16 months apart. I'm trying to balance three kids and work from home. And you can guess, because my twins were born in 2008, what was going on in the world. (laughs) Mm, I remember that. Right? So the whole world always talks about their worst moment being 2008. I think that might change. You know, 2020, (laughs) we might have an upgraded season. 2020 said, here, hold my beer. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. So my 2020 was 2008. And it's actually, it prepared me to just crush 2020, which was amazing. So it's a gift now, but everything I believed in and loved and valued crashed and burned. (laughs) Still hard for me to talk about, but you know, my marriage was everything and it crashed and burned. And I had twin two-year-olds and a three-year-old. So it was a couple years later by the time it completely just, you know, squashed our entire life. And I had to start over. And so um, being that I was a stay-at-home mom and a writer from home, I had no way to provide for my three kiddos. Being that I also made a very dumb move and I left our home thinking that was the best option for us. And because I left the home, I did not get the home. And so we also didn't have anywhere to live. And so I was very open to doing whatever I need to. I took on three jobs with my three little kids, with fighting a horrible divorce where all the family was involved. My entire family felt like I had abandoned everything and just stood for my own moral compass and it like it was my high horse rather than my guiding compass and left me in the dust. And I had nothing. So these three jobs weren't providing enough. I was introduced actually to network marketing, which I was adamantly opposed to. Because my mom was a Mary Kay lady and I like grew up wearing little pink furry outfits. And I was like, oh my God, that would be the worst thing that would ever happen to me is I'd go and become something, you know, that my mom had done because she literally was like evil to me. And it just broke my heart. The truth is it broke my heart. She was my dearest friend. Still makes me a little teary. 
and left, left and befriended my ex-husband and kind of, you know, all of your security, all of mine was gone. So (laughs) I don't know why I got teary, but it's, it's real life, right? If you want to see, I feel like I actually haven't told all of that story, but I feel like on Unleashed, it's kind of what you got to do. Like you got to know the real story. So yeah, it was rough. Everything I knew and believed in. So I was determined to make it work. And so I got involved with network marketing and I was officially like the worst human they'd ever seen. I was so afraid and so broken down and I sucked at sales. I knew nothing about sales. I was doing phone, TV, internet, gas, electricity. I was like disconnecting people's phones. Like I was screwing it up royally. Like people were like, we've had this phone number in our family for generations. I'm like, well, isn't it nice to bring in the new year with something new? You know, (laughs) they're like, no, it's not. And I was like, I'm really sorry. So I was really, really bad. Even my mentors who were like some of the top 10 in the world, I think it was just a gift they were given to me. We're like, honey, like, you're not great at this. (laughs) Like, maybe you should seek other avenues and, you know, work on this on the side for like the next decade and see if it'll work. But I think I got mad. I just got mad. And I was like, I will not fail. I will not live in a box. I will not, you know, I mean, we had nothing. We had an apartment, no furniture. I had 30 days to like make enough money to pay rent. It was a really, really scary time. So I was determined. So I called every person that I knew in sales. I called every person, like the financial world, cars, insurance, like everything I could possibly know. I sat in on phone calls. Like I listened in three-way called. I went and sat in their showrooms and listened. I went to people who knew me well and was like, where do I excel? Where do I suck? You know, I just went on like this personal journey of learning the world that I listened to every single training online. I read every single book that I could get my hands on. Granted, I had, you know, a college degree with like, I'd never finished a book in my life. <laughs> I'm not really sure how I got a degree, but ta-da. <laughs> be so glad I am not your nurse because I graduated and never read a book. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, be, I just became a student because I had to. So I did. And I went in one month from being the worst human on the planet doing over 60 meetings with hundreds and hundreds of people and getting zero and not being able to buy my kids Christmas presents to getting really, really mad to get really, really good. And by January, (laughs) I signed over 140 people on my own and became one of the top earners in the company. Now, the months that followed, I had to learn actually what to do with people because I wanted lost and won and lost. It was like a yo-yo. But I had a taste that I was in fact a champion. I wasn't a loser, you know? And so that began my fight in the business world. I did that for a few years. I started speaking. I started training on stages, which I was horrified at. I threw up behind stage like It was not normal for me. I'm one of those people that if you embarrass me, my face turns red. I guess it's genetic. I've studied it, but I can't get it to go away and I hate it. So I'm red like half the time. If you wear the right bronzer though, nobody really knows. Yeah. So so I went from being the worst to um, one of the best and just kind of earned my way out. I battled through court. When I got through court, I got cancer. I had to train an entire year from only conference calls because they couldn't see what I looked like. I looked pretty sick and made it through that. I rebuilt. I've been taken back to court a million times because I went from one of the least successful people in the world to one of the most successful. And a lot of people like having that (laughs) little day, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And 
it's just a story of, you know, seeing what I'm made of. And I think, God yeah, I think God gave me this little gift my whole life. I think back to a Christmas when I was little and they gave me joy soap in my stocking and they kind of did it as a joke. Like here she is the joy tornado. Everything's just light and fluffy and she'll float through life when really I got, you know, I created quite the whirlpool, but I always had a way to just smile and go, I woke up today. I'm going to be great. I can do this. There's always a resource or a human or something that can help or an opportunity. And it has probably been the saving grace of my life. So, man, I'm just lucky to be here, (laughs) you know? It's not just that you're lucky to be here. We're all lucky to have you here because you have, I mean, you've touched so many people in so many ways, literally all over the world and have been able to help others A lot of us, I feel like we all put ourselves in our own little box at times, and we don't know what we are capable of doing. And I believe with my entire soul that God placed you here in all of these people's lives to help them see their way out of that box. Because maybe there's, I, I know that I've been able to, you know, like step out of my box and go, huh? Now I have not always been surrounded by people who like, if I get one of those crazy ideas, I've n- I've not always been surrounded by people who I could share that crazy idea with. <laughs> and they go, hell yeah, that sounds great. But I know that I have that with you. So occasionally after a few funny gifts, we will, <laughs> we'll bounce around some ideas. And I feel like you have a gift of being able to draw that out of people. So this is sort of a surprise question. How do you feel that you do that? Yeah, I, I really think we can only uncover in others what we've learned to uncover ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think I've had, you know, the last 11 years reinventing myself. And I realized that if there's something more that I want, there's something new I have to learn and then I can create it. So I think, I think really how I do it is I have become kind of a magician of monetization. Mm -hmm. And if there's something I really want, I have no doubt that there's a way to go get it. So I've tried everything and every avenue from every angle. And when I don't know, I have built this resource of friends. You know, I went from network marketing to building my own company, to doing live events, to doing online marketing, to, you know, coaching online, to retreats. Like I've tried every kind of online business there is. I've studied marketing. You'll see me walking through airports and I'll be like, oh, that's great. Or, you know, like I just notice everything. So I became this human who lives this life of sales and marketing and everything is sales and marketing. And so it's what I magicianed on my own that I can almost hear it. Like it's like this zone, right? When someone's talking, if I can get them to talk long enough, passionate enough beyond what they would tell a normal human and just, you know, peel the onion a little bit, it's like a pin drops when they say it. And I'm like, oh. There it is. 
there it is. And then, you know, once you, I give myself goosebumps just talking about it because I get that excited about it. And it's when people, I really think I build their bravery enough to where they're brave enough and we can have this conversation and the pin drops and I'm like, I can build a business around that. So it's really helping someone be confident enough in that inner idea for a moment. And if they give me a moment, I can lay out a plan and a strategy for almost everything. Cause my life was like three kids on my own, having to do everything, school, sports, house, you know, everything. And I had to be so strategic in my every move that I can see someone's strategy from a mile away. They're like, I don't know how I'm like the, how I got, it's the what that I'm going to need your help with. Right. You know, you know that's how. And I, I feel also you have created a, like a map. A, like a GPS. I, I love using the GPS because you've created a map to help people. It's like you have this formula mm-hmm. that you can literally, you've mastered it enough to literally use it for anybody mm-hmm. in any industry. And it works. It, it, I mean, it works. It's trying to light myself. It's not going to work. It looks like the Blair Witch Project. The sun's going <laughs> down. I'm using, I don't even have my, I don't have my ring light. I have my phone. I don't either. My light, my sun went down. (laughs) It's setting up on the back of my computer, holding on by its little, the little, you know, the little thing. Have you ever had it fall down in the middle of a recording and it like smashes? I've totally done it. No, because I've never done this before. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, back to your question. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Back to your question. I was just trying to fix my lighting. It's, you know, not in my favor. You know, it is, it is, it had to be a map. It had to be, and it took a while for me to figure it out, right? I think I almost landed on it. Then I tweak it a little bit. Then I do it. Then I tweak it a little bit. Then I'd have to do it with someone else and I'd see that it'd work, you know? So it was kind of this thing, but what I needed was a guarantee. When you're like alone in the world and you're trying to do something where not everybody around you believes it's possible or they haven't seen it happen yet, which is what they need to learn how to believe, you have to lean on somebody that counts, right? And for me, I have this system that I teach people that works. It helps you weed out the unnecessary things. It makes you think about only the things that move you forward because most people just waste all the time in their head with the wrong things. You know, they spend all their time thinking about what happens if it doesn't work or is it supposed to be me? Or I'm like, duh, the idea wouldn't have come to you if it wasn't supposed to be you. Didn't go to Susie. Susie's, you know, crying in a corner. Sally's making bread. You have an idea. Let's roll. You know, so I think people just need more people teaching them those rhythms and those systems that win. There is a rhythm to win. And I figured out that rhythm and it works and it gets people on their own, you know, treadmill that creates wins. And once you do that, you feel it, you taste it for a minute. You're like, oh, I can do that again because it feels good. And I'm like, yeah, now let's speed it up a little bit. Now let's try it for something harder. Now let's add an incline. It's how I did success through pain. If I could just keep following my system, I felt the pain less and I was able to keep moving forward. And when you keep moving forward, it's okay to feel pain because you also feel joy. And I think so many people would rather roll around in pain. And, you know, I just learned that, you know, in my life, my greatest pain was hiding my greatest pain was not doing what I was capable of. My 
greatest pain was just existing. And that is not what any soul was made for. And I think it was also then it was the fear as cancer kept coming back into my life. It was like, well, I don't know how long I'm going to get. So Mm -hmm. if my kids, you know, I, my goal was to be their hero. And if I ever want to be their hero, I better hurry up. You know, I don't know how much time they'll get with me. I got to show them how to live their dreams now, you know? So that system and speed that, you know, allowed it to happen. Yeah. Now I can just go, here it is. Let's write in your plan. Great. Now you execute and I'm going to help you execute them and cheer you on. Cause some people will, some people will, and then you're going to have a win. I'm going to go great. Now here's how we're going to tweak it and do it again. It's just a system to win on repeat. So I know that you and I are very much alike in the way that we find every, like it's that whole glass half full thing. Mm-hmm. So we find the things that we are grateful for and uh, everybody knows on who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time. Um, we do that at our dinner table every single night. Yep. And I have talked about your, uh, I choose joy book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is your gratitude journal. So I want you to share with people, not just how that came about, mm-hmm. but what, like how it came about, but what it has done. And really it's another kind of formula that you've used that works, that gets people out of a funk that they're in. And uh, tell us about I Choose Joy. Yeah. So I Choose Joy was birthed out of a million people writing me and asking me how I did it. And I didn't have time to tell them. (laughs) And I was like, you know, everybody would come to me because they heard my story and they, and they would be like, Oh, she's felt great pain and she's winning. Well, I'm in great pain and I need her help. And I was like, well, that means that I am a charity counselor and that is going to kill me. Right. So, you know, everybody would be like, but life's so hard. I just don't know how you did it. And I'm like, because I didn't talk about it. Let's roll. You know, like, (laughs) you know, like, so it was like during the end of this. Okay. And then people would write horrible things about me online because I didn't return their messages. And I was like, do you understand how many messages I get of people asking me for help? And I was like, well, I can either complain about it or I can do something about it. So that's my rule. If you can do something about it, you're not allowed to complain about it. So I said, well, I got to make a thing for them. And then I spent time going, well, what actually do I do? Well, gratitude became this gift that I learned. You know, it's interesting. I found a post from nine years ago. I'm going to post it actually today. It was today, nine years ago of my kids sitting in a pool at a cheap motel, like probably a red roof in, by the way, which I didn't know what that was until I was broke. Like literally cheap motel and they're sitting there and they're sharing what they're grateful for. And little Seth is like, I'm grateful for flashlights and I'm grateful for, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been doing this practice for so long in the pit of my pain. We would write down things we're grateful for. We would talk about things we're grateful for. And it just became this thing of you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. And the trauma in my life made me so hateful and angry that it hurt me. It literally physically made me sick. I believe it gave me cancer. And so to like the antidote to that was gratitude. So I tell people to write down 10 things they're grateful for every single day. It would take all those people who were writing me in pain. And I'd say, listen, if you can write down gratitude every single day, 
10 of them for the next 90 days, then I'll help you. But you have to train your mind for abundance and things moving forward. If you're going to roll around in your pit, you'll never get out. So I'd help them do gratitude so that I could actually have them prepared to hear what I would tell them next, right? So that became the first part. Then growth became the second part. Listen, I need you taking out all the information that you learned growing up that was incorrect or it's like the media right now telling us to think certain things. It like that, that was our families and our experiences of our life. Your, your brain's filled with all that muck of other people's ideas and experiences that might not be true. Like a penny saved is a penny earned. Actually, it's just a penny. It's not going to do anything for you unless we learn how to invest it or what, right? Those things, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Well, right. (laughs) It does on the internet you know, like all these things. So, so you have to retrain what's in there. And for me, I had 29 years of crap in there. Thank God I found personal development at 29. And I started reading these books that I go, man, this book aligns with the Bible. And neither of these align with what my parents taught me. Something's up, right? And although they loved me and they tried their best, this is not the right train of thought. And this feels so right. So I started feeling my brain every single day with 30 minutes to one hour of personal development. If it was free books from the library, if it was TED Talks online, it was something every single morning when I woke up so that I'd start my day with what was possible, not what was wrong. So gratitude, growth. And the last thing was goals. If I had a goal to three, usually I'd do two short-term, one long-term, And I wrote down, you know, what do I want? When am I going to have it done by? I'd set these little 90-day goals. Who's it going to take to make it happen? Why am I doing it? Why will I become in love with it? You know, these kinds of things. What am I willing to sacrifice to go get it? Well, I started focusing every single day. When I wrote down my goals every single day, I'd start noticing things that would make me make the goal come to fruition, right? And I'd be like, oh, yes. Oh, that's going to help me hit goal number one. Oh, that's going to help me hit goal number two. And so the things you think on every single day start creating your reality. So literally, I was just helping people with gratitude, growth, and goals. And I said, when you do those three things for 90 days, I'll talk to you. Like, I can help you. But until then, you won't be ready to hear what I'm going to say. You probably won't like me very much because I'm a little direct. So, (laughs) So it just became a system that could help people be prepared to learn how to grow. You know, it's like college. It teaches you how to learn. I needed to teach people how to accelerate. I needed to teach them abundance. Amen to that. And I like how you say that because a lot of the books that we read, I know that I relate to those books much more when they they do align with the Bible. And I don't even realize that, Mm -hmm. but because that's where I... That's where I feel that my growth happens the most and my my faith, my belief in my not just myself, but in everything. It is so strong in that way that I feel that that's where we find our the most growth mm-hmm. and we're able to achieve more with that. With that. Yeah, because it's aligned to our roots. Yes. Well, like. When you recognize somebody who believes in the same core values as you, it's just easier to do life with. And it's the same with your principles and your practices. You know, like we were born to ascend, 
right? Otherwise we'd still be rolling around on the ground. Nobody would walk or run or anything, but it's what we do with that life, right? We crawl, we walk, we run. Those who train become Olympic athletes. Well, God gave you this life and you are meant to see what you can do with it. So as we train, man, we train our brain, we train our mouth, we train our heart because it's that wellspring of life, right? All of these things are lessons that we can learn. Personal development is the same thing as faith. And a lot of people mix those up. Some people are like, I don't know what it is about you. And I'm like, I'm a little bit Jesus, but we can talk about that later, you know, because they don't want to call it that. They want to call it personal development. And I go, well, I want to call it, that's what I'm made for. That's what I'm here for. You can call it whatever you'd like or are comfortable with. One day you'll be comfortable with truth. And that is all that I am, you know? And I, I believe everybody can believe whatever they want. But when you find what you believe in, man, you take that for a ride. And if you haven't taken that for a ride, it's probably because you don't believe in it all the way. Well, and that goes back to what we've been told and what has been we've been untrained to believe. I know that when growing up, I was not my family, my mom, I don't know if she's ever even gone to church. You know, my family was not, there weren't churchgoers. They weren't, nobody said prayers that I know of, but I did have that instilled in me with my great, great aunt that I would go spend you know, every so often I'd go to stay at her house on a Sunday night and, and then I'd go to church with her on Monday, or I mean, on Sunday morning. And I get so mad because I wanted to go up and have the cookie and drink out of that glass, you know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like all the cool people did, it seemed like, but that's where it, that seed got planted. But I know that we've been told first, it's been taken out of our schools. It's been, I mean, I could go into a whole rant about all this, but I believe that there's still people who have a very strong belief and they have that, you know, such as yourself and you're able to, whether they believe or not, you put that belief in that you put a belief and a trust in themselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, we are here for that. Yeah. And whether that other person receives that entire, the entire depth of that message, I might be going a little bit deep here, but until that, you know, whether that person really receives it to the fullest extent or not, we have still planted that seed in them. Yeah. That seed might just sit there for a while, right? but someday it might sprout. If I can plant those seeds of belief and faith and whatever can grow from that, oh my gosh. Yep. And, you, and I know that you do that every day. And you have been able to build into, you've been placed in the presence of like some of the top leaders in the world. So sometimes when you like tell me the different people that you talk to, I'm like, dude, like I want to like hang out with you more. Anytime you come on over, believe me, it's the craziest thing, but that's how I know these systems work. For six years, I wrote down the goal to meet Richard Branson and I just wrote it down and everybody was like, you crazy. Like, what does a small town girl from Colorado have anything to do with that human? I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep doing good until I can do more good. And I'm going to keep doing good and getting better until they call me and say, hey, we have a spot open on his private island. We'd like to invite you to come. And I was like, yes, 
They're like, we haven't told you any dates. I go, so I've been writing this down for six years. The answer is yes. Right. And now I'm going back to speak at a women's event there with his daughter. Like you, you think about, you know, like when you think of someone, you get that little thing in your spirit, like, Oh, I'd love to meet them. Oh, I, yeah. oh my God, write that down. Like that was the first seed. That was the first note, how much I have loved Matthew McConaughey my whole life. And then they're like, hey, we'd love you to speak at this charity auction that he's doing. And I'm like, yes, the answer is yeah. All right, all right, all right. Right. You know, but little do we know that I'm like watching a movie and I'm like, I'd love to meet them and see if they're like that in real life. And all I did was take it from that moment of thought and write it down and focused on it every once in a while and kept working. I think people don't know that really the majority of people quit in life in their twenties and they just become content and they get married and they have kids and they get divorced and then they have a house and they have a dog and then they just keep going to a job and letting somebody tell them what they're worth. And I think every part of my being has to happen in the opposite of that because that was against everything that I knew God created me to be. And so when you lean on that, I believe, I truly just believe there's favor over my life. I don't think I'm different than anybody else either. I think everyone has favor in their life. And it's just when you're brave enough to step, you know, people are like, aren't you afraid? And I'm like, no, I've screwed up publicly, been humiliated like so many times that I'm like, well, what's another ting on the box? Like, whatever, you know, I'm more afraid of being nothing than being something. Yeah. But you're making a ripple. You've got the ripple effect, but a big one. And I feel like there are, you know, watching, how do I phrase this? So, you know, I watch your Friday Night Lives and you're, posts and everybody, you know, and all of the comments. And I think because I know you, and it's not that I take it for granted, but I know how special you are and how you, how special you are to, to not just me, but to me and my girls. And I see all of those people who would just like, they, they see you and you're such an inspiration to them. And I know that you inspire them so much and they just want, they want to be in your presence. And, but, but what I love about that whole thing is that you give them that sense of being in their presence. You know what I mean? The thing that people don't understand is you really are one of them. You know, like when I met you, cause I, I'm like, I st- it doesn't matter how much money I ever make in my life. I always still think of, you know, I'm just regular. I'm in that middle class, whatever. And I would never, ever, like, I don't put myself in a, di- I know that a lot of people do. It's like they, they, you know, they think that they're above everybody. You don't make people feel that way. And I feel that that's what, pe- that's what people are drawn to you for. Because they know that you've let them know your story and that they can do whatever it is that God created them to do. And they can be so much more. They just have to do it. Like you've got to reach inside and you've got to do it. But, you know, we're, I, I believe that we, like he's put it in us. We have to cultivate it. We've got to right. make it grow. 
you know, we've got to do something with it. It's not, you can't just go sit on the couch and expect that, you know, the paychecks are going to start rolling in. Right. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to actually get out there and do it. And, and I, I know that you show people the way to do that. And I, I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I hear it and it literally, it makes me choke up because I, I don't know why it gets to be me, but I feel like, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think of the best analogy. Best analogy would be like the military. I feel like, you know, like how people graduate through the military and eventually they get a desk and they get to watch and they get to just instruct the best people, the most brave, the most, you know, awarded for surviving. I feel like I have all these medals from surviving these things, but it's my job to remain in the field. Job to show people that life needs strategy. Life's not easy, no, but there is strategy that sure makes it more fun. I will not go through hell without giggling. Like, I will not face the fire without a smile on my face. Like, let me just show you the strategy that made me have joy, find joy, choose it in the greatest hells of my life. And I feel, you know, it's funny. It's what every single mentor I've had has told me to know. You got to get out of the field. You got to, you know, your, your multi, multi millions are awaiting. You're this and you're this and you're this. And I was like, my people are in the field and I will stay in the field. Yeah, but you'll be mistreated in the field. Yeah, but I'll save in the field, you and know? Serving in the field. That's where, that's where you were meant, that's where you're meant to be. Yeah. And I, I believe it to my core. And so no one, no matter how powerful they are, can convince me otherwise, unless God like, here's like, you know, and I mean, probably when that happens, that means I'm going to die. And so I hope it won't be for a while, but I think so many people just, they hear their calling, but they think it's mistaken and they don't trust their calling until somebody reminds them of it. A lot of times when we reawaken an idea for an entrepreneur or a human, they're like, God, I wanted to do this since I was a kid. And I'm like, I know it's always been in there. Always. It might look a little different. I drew out my house on a napkin 11 years ago, trying to build a place for people to come and be safe and learn how to win. And until somebody pointed out, hey, do you remember the napkin? And I took it out. And I'm like, holy crap, it was in my heart the whole time. The exact house. Like there's, there's no, that doesn't happen by accident. Every single human usually just covers up those thoughts with life experiences that got hard and they got lost in there. So let's give them the map. Let's give them the GPS. Let's give them the, the route to find it again. And then you know, then they just need people in their life to cheer them on, you know, and have a little bit of strategy support and help people who are willing to still answer the phone. Amen to that. You know, I'm so grateful that you shared all that today. (laughs) And you know how much, well, no, you don't know how much I appreciate you, but, but I do, I appreciate you. You are one of my favoritest people in the entire planet. And I want to thank you for sharing with my audience and I can't wait to see how the response is because I know I've, I've spoken of you so many times and now I get to bring you to them. So I can't wait to hear the response from people. I'm so um, excited to be on here. Seriously. 
actually, I probably shared more on this than I have on any podcast I ever have. I definitely have never got teary on one. That surprised me. But it is because of how you're living your own truth. I've watched it. I've watched you rise up. I've watched you share on YouTube the things that people are afraid to say. And you've increased my bravery and my voice. So my word, like that we get to do it together is like the greatest gift. Thank okay, you. Awesome. Yeah. yeah well, and I, you're, you are stuck with me totally. I can't wait for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. My kids, my kids are like really good judges of character. And they're like, when can Christina and her kids come back over? I'm like, I know. Like they like ask all the time. So he's like, well, did you ask him yet? Did you get a date? Do you know? She's the closer. She's like, do we have a deadline? I'm like, okay, sister, you know, you're going to have to talk to the governors and the president and, you know, figure out who that is. And I'm just kidding. We know who it is. We do know. Oh, we do. And we agree. Next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that stays on the YouTube channel. (laughs) That stays on the YouTube channel. Um, My Danica is always like, mom, when are we going to go? When are we going to go? And I'm like, Okay, well now we got this. Now we got the most recent shutdown. No, can we all drive? What's in the middle? Maybe we should drive and meet in the middle for like an incredible Utah outland. Right? What could we cause in Utah? You know what? We could go. Oh my gosh! I even have a house that we could borrow in Utah on the most beautiful lake. I do. We should do it in. Do it too. So in first week of December, let's do it. My kids are schooling from home 100%. So wherever you want to go. And what, I'll have to find out what Whitney's schedule is like. Danica's fully from home. So we'll figure this out. This is just seltzer. But school from home has challenged it to be other things. <laughs> amazing. If I can't do it, I just let Bella help. My oldest. I'm like, Bella, that's math. Can you work this out? I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have that luxury. So you can call Bella too. She'll FaceTime help. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to wrap this up and I'm excited. I can't wait to hear how this is received. And I love you. I love you. Friends, if this helped you, share it out. Absolutely. Share it it to somebody. Share it with somebody who needs it. Because I know that there's so many people who, who do need it, who need to hear what they're capable of. And if anybody wants to check Danelle out, she is on all the things. She's on Instagram. She is on Facebook under Danelle Delgado and DanelleDelgado.com, but probably social media is the best, right? That's right. That's my spot. I love it there. Okay. It's where I got to meet you. I know, right? Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I want you to go check her out. I want to hear your feedback. Go find what you are good at. And if you need help finding that, we will help you find it as well. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Unleashed podcast. My hope is that you leave this podcast feeling inspired, fired up, and ready to take the next step to living your dream life. And if you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review over on iTunes. I love reading the reviews and each week I'll choose one special person to win some Unleashed Sway. Make sure you add your name to the review and I'll reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. 
Be sure to visit me at ChristinaUnleashed.com for past episodes and more gifts to help you unleash the most successful version of you.